How are we all this morning? Some of us look like we've been in Ibiza for the week. <laughs> so, did you enjoy our summer? Let's hope that that's not it, really. Okay, so everybody well? Great, tremendous. Let's keep moving swiftly on. So, this morning we are continuing to look at our Seek to Speak. How are we doing with this? Are you getting opportunities and thinking, nope, maybe I should just invite people to church or tell them about Jesus? Has anybody had any bizarre experiences. One yesterday in work, this girl said, so where's your church meet? And it took me a minute to connect to say, look, do you want to come sometime? Just, that's ridiculous. It took me about, about a minute or so to say, look, you'd be welcome anytime. She went, oh, I might come along. It's just like that, isn't it? Sometimes it doesn't have to be as big and as complicated as we think it is. But we're going to continue to dig into this. This is message two. So I want to give you a brief recap. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I'd prophesied about there being a growth spurt and hopefully in the small groups, certainly in ours, I know that Mark was in and Thursday nights as well, you, you felt like you got opportunity to put your hands on that and own that for yourself as to what that actually means. That when God speaks, it's often not how we imagine, that we think that it'll be ta-da, rather than that we have something to do in the process. So in prophesying a growth spurt, we better be ready to, remember the word, catalambano, grab a hold of the opportunity, um, which will cause growth to come. And in our group, I think Claire Porter said, you know, it could also be that there's just a depth of growth within us. Now, that's the growth that we've been seeing most recently. But what I think we will see as we grow out the ways is there will be a depth within as well. Because for us to invite people, we're going to have to grow and get over the line and break the sound barrier and say, do you want to come along? So I hope that uh, causes faith to arise. Please be praying about that, being ready for opportunities when they come, and just why not invite them in? Just come on. Why wouldn't you? Do you want to come? Come to church or just, just make it light and make it easy? So to recap on uh, what we were speaking about uh, last week, apart from the prophetic word from a couple of weeks ago, if we seek to speak, if we just look for opportunities to speak, we won't have anything to say. But if we actually become seekers, if we become those type of people that are seeking hard after the kingdom of God and looking for God and partnering with God wherever he is, we're going to have something to say. If we become seekers who want to speak, we will find treasures worth talking about. One of the key verses for this message series is Proverbs 25.2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and to search out a matter is the glory of kings. Are we getting a hold on that one? I asked the question in our small group. Uh, that means that he hides stuff. He hides stuff. And we'd somebody there going, I find that really frustrating. We were going, yeah, we've got wardrobe full of those t-shirts. But frustration doesn't really get you anywhere. As someone said a number of years ago, namely this man on the front row, uh, frustration is an inappropriate response to the prophetic lifestyle. It just is. When God speaks, it can cause you to shake your current reality. You growth spurt, you're prophesying growth spurt. You're prophesying growth spurt. Yes, I am. But frustration is an inappropriate response. So we want to partner with him and we want to start to go on the hunt. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And then that great verse, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's hidden. If you're like me, I thought it was all going to be pretty obvious. Surely that's the way that God would do it, you would think. No, he hides it. 
It's a kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Matthew thirteen forty four. But we also want to seek to speak. This is Romans ten fourteen to 15. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. People can and will argue with your theology, but they cannot and will not argue with your testimony. And this is Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We've heard this one so many times. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I was making the point that if you're waiting to be sent, you don't need to wait any longer. That's it. You have been sent. We've got to communicate. We've grown up in this religious culture that's really about, shh, that's a, that's a private face a private thing. And I am really talking from personal experience where the quote about St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel everywhere you go and if necessary use words. I have used that so many times to get out of the conviction to break the sound barrier and to speak. Our faith may be something that is deeply personal, but it is deeply personal so that we can communicate it so that it can become deeply personal for someone else as well. We want to tell people that God has loved us. And we don't want to do it with religious words because you'll just communicate religion. Do it with relational, easy, words without awkwardness and then communicate your relationship with him and you will communicate relationship. And then this is 1 Peter 3.15. But in your heart set Christ apart and always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confidence assurance that is within you, and this do with gentleness and respect. So with this growth spurt, please be ready. Be ready for your response. Like if someone came to you and said, so where's your church? You want to be ready. Well, our church is right here, and sure you'd be welcome anytime. So, and I keep getting asked in church, so what's your message series on? And I'm still not ready. It takes me a minute. still catches me by surprise because this guy doesn't care who it's in front of. So who were we speaking on yesterday? Uh, uh, seek to speak. Well, what does that mean? Uh, uh, uh. We want to be ready so that when people ask us a question, we can go, there it is. Succinct phrases, what we need to say. I mean, one of the things that I, I have said is that I, I struggled a lot with mental health issues and uh, thoughts and I don't anymore. And it's because of him. And I learned to hold my thoughts captive because he said it could and still a process, but there's freedom there. Somebody can connect with that. So let's have our answers ready and please do it with gentleness and respect. Don't push your faith on others. Respect their boundaries. Love them. Is that not what God largely does with you? I say largely because there are times and places where he just does it. Because you've already said to him, just do it. You know those God whatever it takes prayers? And then he comes and does whatever it takes. And we go, why did you do that? And he goes, well, on that day there you said whatever it takes. So be gentle, be kind, and be respectful. So this week we want to talk about A-S-K. Which spells? Ask. Sounds should be Jesus, but it sounds like ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks, receives. 
Everyone who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Would you? Would you give Joshua a stone? Would you give him the very best that you have? Absolutely. Or if he asks for a fish, would you give him a snake? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So we want to, uh, this week we want to look deeper into what it means to be a seeker and what it means to be seeking after the things of God. And one point that I want to make, first of all, way before we talk about asking and seeking and knocking, isn't that incredible that ask, seek and knock adds together ask? No? Does that do it for anybody else? I, I was like, that is genius. Absolute and utter genius as you're all going, it's, it's good, isn't it? It's really good. You will never, ever begin this process with faith if you do not believe that you're a son or a daughter. You just won't do it. Remember when Andrew was speaking about uh, putting on dominion? Your dominion as a son and as a daughter of the king. You can ask. If you don't believe that you can ask, you won't do it. If you believe that you've got to jump through certain hoops or ask in a certain way or nearly put on a voice, use certain words, then that's how you're going to do it. But if you believe that you're a son or a daughter, you're just going to go up to your father and you're just going to ask him. You've got to put your dominion on. And what that looks like is going, I am a son or I am a daughter and I am royalty because of that. You are accepted, you are secure, and you are significant. You really are accepted, secure, and significant. It's about who you are and it's about who you're asking. It's about wholeness and it's about relationship. This is Galatians 3.26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And before we get into this, I want to say that each stage of this is a process. And within that, there's a process in and of itself. Just like a, a year is made up of months, and a month is made up of days, and weeks, well, I will go to weeks first. Weeks are made up of days, and days are made up of hours, and break it down, and break it down, and break it down. So all of this is a process. And as my good friend Mark Gordon says, it's a process. It's a process. This is all a process. And if you are judging where you're at by judging where somebody else's is at, you're going to mix it up, and you're going to miss it, and you're not going to get there. So this is a process. So let's look at ask. Ask is a request that comes from relationship and it's not a demand. My manager in work, whenever she puts out for the holidays, um, she always, you know, she says these are the holidays that are available. And she'll always put, look, this is a request and not a demand. So when we're asking him, we are asking him, it is a request. When any of our children come up to us and make a demand, our response will normally be, that's not how we do this here. It's a request. So he is absolutely our father, and because of that, he deserves our respect. Now, not a respect that means we've got to jump through hoops, and we've got to be really, really fearful, and we can't go up and talk to him, but a respect in that, I know who you are, and because I know who you are, I'm going to speak to you appropriately. So these are requests, and these are not demands. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace of help or to help in time of need. 
A relationship that has what we need and where we feel permission to ask. You're not going to come and ask me to give you something that I do not have. You're going to come and ask me to give you something that I do. So one thing you need to know is that he has what you need. And I'm just telling that to you. But you need to know for yourself that your God is all sufficient and he has absolutely everything that you need. Psalm 23, I shall not want. He's got it. You need to settle that. So a question for you, do you believe that? Do you believe that he has everything that you need before you ask him? And what's his nature like? Is he going to play games with you? Is he going to withhold it from you? Or is he good and is he generous and is he kind? James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And Psalm 27.13-14, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. If you are struggling at the minute and you believe that where you're standing is, I'm not seeing a whole heap of goodness. You want to grab a hold of this and grab it like a sword, anchor it in the ground and lash yourself to it. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not in the sweet by and by when you die, but in life here and now, life in all its fullness. It's a relationship and we must ask. So to use Mr. Montgomery again, um, whenever it comes to different circumstances for ministry, your standard line to ask your employer has just been, I'm just going to ask them, hasn't it? And a lot of the time when there's been situations, I remember one in particular, 2008, uh, Andrew and Dennis were heading to a place called Timisoara in Romania. And uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't enough leave left, but I kind of felt that I should probably go. And I remember talking with uh, Andrew and his response to me was, why don't you just ask? So I went in. It was a request and not a demand. I didn't walk in and say, the Lord has told me that I need this time off and you must give it to me. Because how would have that gone down? that gone well? Do you think that would have got the time off? Went in and said, look, this has come up. I really like to go. If there's opportunity to go, I, I would really appreciate that. And they let me go. And on that trip, it was the first trip that Dennis uh, prophesied to me and said, I see the church and I see the church in you. And it was profound. It really was profound. And I saw profound things and we did profound things. And I am so glad that I was able to go. But my nature would be to look at that and go, it's just not possible. Don't really want to rock the boat. It's irritating when you have to go in and ask those questions and, you know, get time off and it's just hassle. No, maybe leave it. But thank God it didn't and I just asked the question in full knowledge that they might have said no. So it's a relationship and we must ask. Often it's a bit like the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, We know that we're called to walk across this, but it's an ocean. And God says, you're going to walk across on dry land with walls of water and you're looking at an ocean, right? It's an ocean. Surely you're God and you know this because God's always up here. You know this. This is an ocean and you're saying I'm going to walk along on dry land, right? But actually, what did Moses do? He put out his staff and he spoke 
And the wind started to blow and the path started to come. And what was an ocean became a dry path and they walked through. I love the scene in The Prince of Egypt. I think it was by Disney when they walk through and it's dark and they have candles because they are so far down at the bottom and they can see the wheels still moving on the sides. And I don't know whether it was like that or not, but I kind of think that that might have been. So when we ask for direction, we must receive what God is doing and stand in faith, declaring the answer that we believe that we have found. So just because where you're standing now looks like it's just an ocean, why don't you just stand and go, well, you said it's going to be dry land. And the other uh, circumstance, I can't remember the direct uh, address, but they, when they stepped into the Jordan and the Jordan was in full flood, when they stepped in, the water started to go back and it piled up at a place called Adam, at the place of the sinful nature, at the place of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It piled up right there because out of the tree of life, when they stepped in where God said to step in, the waters parted. So take heart. Might be a bit scary. You might be going, I don't know what I'm doing. This feels incredibly uncomfortable. But just let's step forwards, okay? Let's declare the answer that we believe we find. Psalm 37, 5 to 6. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. And there are times where we've asked and he's given us an answer and we need to go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes I've had these circumstances where we don't know. But we think that this is the best way to go. God's not speaking. He's not saying this is you need to walk here two steps and over to the right. Don't think he does that a whole heap. It's a, I think this is the way to go. And the times that I've come to him and I've said, God, this is the way I think I should go. I always feel him, always feel his delight in that like a good boy. That's it. That's it right there. You're growing up. So let's be brave and commit our way to him. We uh, obviously believed that we were called to plant the church. And uh, we were waiting really for the timing of that. And it became clear that it was the right time. So then we committed our way and we started seeking for an area. And the area that was really clear was the valley area in Yutnabi, in the Yutnabi area. That was clear that that was where we needed to go. Now, Claire and I had decided that we were going to move to that place. So we went on the hunt. And uh, we hunted for houses. How many did we see? Maybe 17. So we looked around 17 different houses. And the house we were currently in, when I first walked in, I turned to Claire and went, no way. Not happening. Didn't like it. It was yuck. And then after a bit of time, Claire kept saying to me, well, what about this house? What about this house? And what about this house? And then I remember talking to my mom and she went, don't be ridiculous. You're looking at the decor. Why don't you just look at the house? And the next time I went in and went, wow, this house is really bad carpet, but it's really, really spacious and there's so much that we could do. So then we went on to the next stage of the process. That's the knock on the door. So when we knocked on the door, then we had to ask the question, we'd like to buy this house. Now we put in an offer and the offer was declined and we thought, oh, we've lost the house. And then after a number of weeks, maybe four or five weeks, there was a phone call from the estate agent and the estate agent said, look, I've gone to the owner and I've said to them, do you want to sell this house? Because you've had seven viewers and you've had one offer. So why don't you actually go for the person and see if they want to properly buy the house? So when, then we started that process. It was all a process. It was all a process. We had to ask, okay, God, where do we need to be? We got the answer. 
Then we went to seek, to find the house, and we found the house. And then we went to knock on the door, and then the door was open. Now, it wasn't open for a while. You would think that if it was God that you would knock on the door, that door, it would be like one of those automatic doors. If this is Jesus Christ, I will walk towards this door, and I will, oh, that must be the wrong way to go because the Lord would not do that to me. Oh, really? If it's God, does that mean it's going to be easy? Are you discovering that? It's difficult, and it requires us to get over ourselves, and it's frustrating, and there are so many tests, and it was like a series of hurdles to jump over to get there. But it was a process of asking, and a process of seeking, and it was a process of knocking. Because we pioneered, we now possess. When you dwell, when you're a settler, you just dwell. But when you're a pioneer, you get to possess. The doors that you knock on, you get in. And doorways, we're going to go into this in a minute, I'm jumping ahead of myself. But doorways are a place of transition. They're a place of seeking for entry from one space to another. Let's talk about seeking, we'll get off and go on to the doors in a minute. Seeking is a process that comes from the desire to find something that you've lost or something that you need and want to find. Bethsaida, do you remember the story of Nathaniel, the calling of Nathaniel? Bethsaida literally means the house of the hunt. Seekers and searchers, people with a purpose and on the hunt. As I said, settlers dwell, pioneers possess. And this guy who wrote uh, Rhythms of the Inner Life, a guy called Howard Macy, said that the spiritual life cannot be made suburban. It is always frontier, and we who live in it must accept and even rejoice in the fact that it remains untamed. Pioneers possess. Seekers find. Those who do not seek will not find. A friend in work, I'd said this before, years ago, a place I I worked in, he had this t-shirt that said, I found Jesus, he was hiding underneath the sofa. Oh, that's a wee bit. Well, let me read this verse. Isaiah 45, 15. Truly you're a God who hides himself, O God of Israel, Savior. If we want to find him, we're going to have to seek him. If we want to have the desire to seek him, we're going to have to get desperate because we need to be not content with where we're at and to believe that he has something that we need. Do you believe that there is something or someone worth finding? If you don't, that's okay. That's a first step of a process of becoming a seeker because you know that you need that. There's someone worth seeking and there's something worth finding. Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. We don't know, but he does. And in uh, Proverbs 3.5, I think it is, he says, don't lean on your own understanding, but basically come to me. He has it. So call to him and he will answer you with things that you do not know. If you don't give up seeking, you will find, don't ever give up. I've said this before, that if you're standing in the place going, well, it's never going to happen, it's never going to change, it just is what it is, it's just life, let's suck it up, you have found your place in the place where the enemy wants you. If you are standing there going, I haven't found it yet, you're in the place where God wants you to be. Always have the yet, always have the possibility. Hold on, let expectation and faith arise that there's a different way, there's a different thing, there's something to find and there's something worth finding. Don't ever give up. And knocking, 
right? Knocking, well, it's an activity. It's almost violent and it seeks to gain entry from one place to another by the correct means. It's a door that has to be opened for you, but you must request access. The dictionary definition is to strike a surface noisily to attract attention, especially when waiting to be let in through a door. The part of the process that requires to believe us that we have the right to move from one place to another. If you don't believe that, you will never knock on the door. If you don't really believe it, you'll not keep on knocking on the door. This is about dominion, and it's about requesting access. So for the past year, you all know that I've uh, worked in Titanic Belfast, and I've been a supervisor there, and there's been the odd time where the computer, you know when you shut it down and it says, do you want to quit? And you wonder if it's actually a prophetic statement. (laughs) And you have to just shut it down and not attach your heart to that. Uh, And I remember telling you all about the monotonous thing. You know, this is just monotonous. And said to a friend, this is just monotonous. And he said, it is. And you just feel slimed and horrible and realizing that you just got to get on with it. Well, recently, some of you know, this opportunity came up uh, for a completely different rule. And the rule has lots of benefits and it it would be great. Uh, So... The rule came up, and initially I thought, nah, no, it just doesn't seem like a fit. But then, for me, the rule kept coming up and kept coming into my mind. So I thought, okay, well, maybe this is something that I should think about applying for. And Claire and I are talking, and she seems to think that it's a good idea. And talked with a couple of other people, and they were going, no, that seems like a good idea. And I thought, okay, we've got good counsel here. We've asked. We've got a, a response, which is, I think, you should apply for this. So then I had to seek hard to find the right words, or should I say, Claire, help me find the right words. As she went through and said, that doesn't, what, what are you trying to say here? What, what, okay, so where's the narrative to this? And let's get this into order. And she helped me get, and do that. And then I had to knock on the door. And knocking on the door, I had to let people know that I'm going in for this, which can rock the boat. I wasn't really dying about the idea of rocking the boat. Sort of thought, I'm going to irritate people. And then I thought, well, I'm going to have to rock the boat. Actually, the boat turns out, ironically, that the Titanic boat is much steadier than you think it would be was. It's all okay. Relationships are good. People are happy. Went for the interview, got the job. Yay! Asking, seeking, knocking. Knocking on the door. Now, the knock on the door is the request for access from one place to the other. Now, because the door's open to me, I have a transition. So when you move, when you knock, sometimes the problem is not that we knock on the door and we get entry. Sometimes the problem is that we've got to go through the transition to go over the threshold of the door to get to the other place. Is that not right? For most of us, any areas of lack of wholeness that we have in our lives, Jesus Christ has opened the door wide open to us for healing. But we're struggling over the fact as to how to get from the old man, the putting off bit, to the putting on. It's all deathly silent. Is that because you're connecting with it or because you're about to fall asleep? It's true though, isn't it? So now I've got a transition and I've got to say goodbye to the people that I've really loved working with. They were like, you didn't say a word. You didn't, you, you didn't even give a, you didn't even give a hint. And I went, I kind of like that. Really? You, I can't believe you did that. How did you do that? You're leaving us? Yes, I am. You're leaving us? Do you not want to work with us? it's now transition it's transition into a different job and do you know I'm really excited about it but there's going to be challenges and our family's going to have to adjust a bit um, but it's going to be good because the door's opened 
The Amplified states that Matthew 7, 7, knock and keep on knocking. Okay, let's put in this verse. This is uh, Luke 11, 5 to 10. You can follow this with me if you'd like. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. And Jesus said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. Oh, what a phrase. Shameless audacity. It's like something that you'd hear in Pride and Prejudice. Nicole, you are shamelessly audacious. Because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks. We're not really on with this. Let's try that again. For everyone who asks, to everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So Jesus said, yet because of his shameless audacity. Now, when I was prepping this, he was, what hit me was, he was shameless. Now, transition from what that word normally means into what it really means. He was shameless. The man had no shame. He had no shame. Because of his shamelessness, he asked. He was without shame. And he persisted on knocking on the door which held his provision. The dictionary defines shame as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Romans 8.1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Have you got any shame today? Are you sitting there with any shame? Because I guarantee you, if you are, that's why you're not knocking on the door. He kept knocking on the door because he was shameless, because he didn't have any shame, because it had been dealt with on the cross by Jesus Christ so that he could just knock and he could just ask. My children are shameless in asking us for things. Thank God for it. They don't have any shame. So are you shameless? Shame will stop you from knocking with persistence on the door of your destiny. Can I get you guys to come up and join me? Are you knocking on the door of your destiny? Are you knocking on the door because we've said here, look, you're whole in Jesus Christ, you don't have any shame, but actually you knock on the door and you hear the voice saying, go away, it's late at night, my children are in bed, you're waking up everybody, no. Oh, I knew it, I have, I've just got shame. Oh, I can't do this, this is just, oh, it's not, do you know what I did? Do you know who I am? Do you know where I came from? I can't do this. Or are you shameless? Have you gone to the cross, realized that he's not there anymore? There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. And because of that, you get to knock persistently on the door of your destiny. So go to the cross and remember that your sins are forgiven and you are free forever to be who you were created to be. All three of these activities we must complete. God is the one who helps us, he allows us to find, but we've got to be the ones who are active. And if you're like me, one of the things that I'm really getting a handle on is that God has done it. 
You know this holding every thought captive? God's made it possible. We've got to do it. God said, you need to ask me. He's not going to ask himself. He said that you need to seek hard after the kingdom. You need to do it. God's already made it all possible. He's hidden it in preparation for us. Yes, hidden it in preparation for it for us to find. You have to knock on the door. So we've got to delve into this. And we've got to believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough. Would you stand with me? So as always, some questions to help you to respond. Do you need to remind yourself this morning that you're a son and a daughter and not a slave? Do you know that you need to start to get back on the process of asking, seeking and knocking? Have you had things that you were searching for but it was too hard, it was too difficult? And please hear me, I understand that. But we are people who do not give up. Or this morning, do you realize that you carry some shame and that shame is keeping you from knocking on the door of your destiny? So if you can answer yes or you just want ministry, please come and join me now at the front.